Cynthia Dill. With me in the studio today is Mike Cuzzy, the senior policy advisor to the newcomer in the Democratic primary, Mike Bloomberg. Welcome, Mike Cuzzy. Thank you, Cynthia. Good to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. And uh, for listeners who may not know, you do have a background in politics, an extensive background, including um, being a longtime Democratic strategist, the New Hampshire political director for Barack Obama, as well as working on several other campaigns. I guess what I first want to ask about is your job now is a senior advisor to Mike Bloomberg. What exactly does that mean? <laughs> uh, that means that uh, I'm just a strategist for the campaign uh, here in Maine, really providing uh, advice and, and counsel on the campaign's uh, overall direction and strategic approach. Uh, and we have a, a full staff here in the state uh, that is running the, the day-to-day operations of the campaign. And I should note, my daughter does work for the campaign. She does, indeed. I'm glad <laughs> to have her. So is your job now with the Bloomberg campaign a full-time position? It is not. I am consulting. Okay. So I guess what I first want to talk about is you were a big player in New Hampshire for Barack Obama in 2008. And now, of course, you're working for a newcomer to the race, Mike Mm -hmm. Bloomberg. Um, What's different in your mind about the Democratic primary in 2020 versus the primary that you worked on in 2008? Oh, there's there's a lot that's uh, that's different. Um, You know, this primary is not following sort of any of the traditional patterns or rules that we've become (laughs) accustomed to uh, over many years now. Uh, you, typically, you would see that there, you know, the wisdom, conventional wisdom, is that there's there's three tickets that get punched out of uh, out of Iowa and, and launching us into New Hampshire, and then New Hampshire tends to winnow the field even further. Uh, that didn't happen in uh, Iowa. We have still quite a muddle uh, of candidates. Um, no one really expanded uh, the electoral map uh, at all. The turnout was relatively flat. Uh, there is no clear um, front runner uh, coming out of Iowa. So that, that muddle, I think, is going to continue uh, into New Hampshire and actually, I think, could extend uh, beyond New Hampshire. So, now, a lot of pundits are suggesting that this muddle, as you just described, is a benefit to the Bloomberg campaign. Do you agree? Uh, I, I think it validates Mike's uh, approach. Uh, what he has said from the outset is that he wants to take this campaign to uh, the states that matter most. Right now we have you know, a group of Democrats that are largely uh, shooting barbs at one another. Meanwhile, the states that are actually going to matter the most in the general election uh, campaign you know, there was until Mike Bloomberg got in the race, no Democrat contesting those races, uh, those states. The what are president. you talking about? What states? Well, all the key states that we've gotten used to as battleground states in a, in a general election. Uh, so whether it's the Ohio's or Florida's of the world, uh, you know, until Mike Bloomberg got in the race, those states just we had ceded the messaging and campaign battleground exclusively to the president. He had the field all to himself. And Mike thought, this was ridiculous. This doesn't position any Democrats, whether it's him or any other Democrat, to prevail in the general election. So what he's done, and he's gone out and built effectively a general election-style campaign in 40 states uh, now, and is the only one taking the president on directly uh, in those states and giving any Democrat 
hopefully Mike, but any Democrat a much better chance uh, to win in a general election because you know we're no longer just ceding that battleground to the president. With so much talk about identity politics, is it harder selling a billionaire white guy to the White House than it was selling a black community activist in Barack Obama? <laughs> well, look, I mean, the, the circumstances now are, are so different. Uh, the, the number one priority of, is, of course, uh, beating Donald Trump. Uh, and I think Mike is, is best positioned to do that. And I think it's important to also remember where Mike came from, right? Uh, he grew up in a working class family in Massachusetts. His dad never made more than six thousand dollars a year uh, and he went on to live the american dream right and build a global uh, company that employs over twenty thousand people uh, and create uh, his own personal wealth that he is now spending on issues that matter intensely to democratic voters whether that's climate change or sensible gun uh, safety legislation <clears throat> or uh, health care. These are all things that you know Mike has been uh, spending his money on and is a global philanthropist uh, in those areas, and now he's committing that wealth to defeating Donald Trump, and that's something I can rally behind. Now, in 2014, you wrote a column for the Portland Press-Herald after Governor LePage was reelected in a contest against Mike Michaud, and essentially what you said was that you know, the main Democrats took a shellacking and that main Democrats lost because voters weren't buying what Democrats were selling, plain and simple. Now, recently, Mike Bloomberg was in Maine mm -hmm. and he was introduced by Mike Michaud. Yes. And I guess I'm wondering, <laughs> Mike Cuzzy, uh, Too many what Mikes. makes you confident that Mainers are going to buy what Bloomberg is selling? Well, I, again, I think what Mike has is a proven record to run on, right? Whether that is uh, a successful businessman, a three-term mayor uh, in New York, one of the most largest and diverse cities uh, in the country. Uh, he has shown an ability to work in states across the country to pass uh, successful uh, gun safety legislation. And we know these are issues that matter intensely to the Democratic uh, electorate. So Mike has a, a great story uh, to tell, great executive experience. And he's not an ideologue, right? Mike is, is a doer. He is very practical. Um, he puts results over partisanship, and I think that is more desperately needed than ever uh, in Washington, D.C. generally, but in the White House specifically. Now, the news today is that former Secretary of the Navy Richard Spencer, who was ousted last year after opposing President Trump's intervention in the discipline of a Navy SEAL, mm -hmm. came out and endorsed Mike Bloomberg. What does this add to the campaign's narrative? Well, I think what you're going to see is uh, more leadership in the military coming out and uh, supporting Mike. Uh, we've seen consistently that Donald Trump has disrespected the, the troops and their sacrifice and demean their service. Uh, and I think with Secretary Spencer and others, we're, we're going to see people coalesce uh, around Mike as a, a sensible, practical voice um, not only for the country, uh, but in support of our men and women in the armed forces. In a primary, though, is it risky to have prominent Republicans weigh in? No, I think what, uh, no, I don't think it is. In fact, what I think you're seeing is that there are a lot of, uh, getting rid of Donald Trump is priority number one for a lot of voters, and that includes a lot of Republicans uh, who 
you know, do not like the way this president uh, has conducted himself and has demeaned the office uh, of the president. And Even though he was recently acquitted by the Republican Senate? Well, but that, but that was a foregone conclusion, right? That was a, a sham uh, of a trial in the Senate, first uh, impeachment ever to, to not even call witnesses, right? Uh, you, you don't have to have an impeachment to know uh, that Donald Trump is, uh, you know, in unstable, chaotic uh, leader of both domestically and internationally, and that we have to bring some real sense and, and practicality and bipartisanship uh, back to the White House. And that's what Mike Bloomberg can do. I think that's the interesting uh, question about this election coming up is that to a certain extent, people have gotten used to the chaos around Donald Trump, and they may associate the chaos with some of the economic boons that we're seeing, that things are getting shaken up. Uh, Mike Bloomberg, I think one of his campaign pitches is stop the chaos. Stop the chaos. And I guess what I'm wondering is today the U.S. economy added 225,000 more jobs. Uh, Unemployment continues to be low. The stock market continues to climb. I mean, conventional wisdom says that a strong economy is going to favor the incumbent. Are you concerned that even though Donald Trump does have this cloud of chaos around him, that some people might associate that chaos with the economic prosperity that they're enjoying and therefore not want to rock the boat? Well, no. I mean, I I think it's hard to associate chaos with economic prosperity. Uh, You know, also the thing you have to understand and that Mike Bloomberg has said is that you know, in this economy, most of the benefits continue to accrue to the top, right? Particularly the top 1%. We still see income inequality growing. We still see a lot of economic uh, anxiety amongst working class voters. We still see a flight of manufacturing jobs uh, out of uh, the country. And we still see people struggling uh, to afford health care and other basic needs. So the economy might be doing very well uh, for uh, the well-off, uh, but there are still a lot of folks who are struggling um, with basic needs and still feeling a great deal of insecurity about their future. Who do you see as Mike Bloomberg's uh, ideal vice presidential candidate? <laughs> well, we, we certainly don't want to start uh, measuring the drapes yet, right? We're not even the Democratic nominee uh, at this point, and uh, that's well above my pay grade to start speculating on who we might choose as vice president. Now, Maine only gets four delegates. Delegates, that's right. And um, are you um, hopeful that you're going to have delegates at the convention? We are, you know, our goal is to try and run the table uh, as much as we can. And, you know, Maine, uh, you get uh, the delegates uh, are split between uh, the, the CDs. We saw in the last election cycle that uh, Trump was actually able to pick off one uh, delegate by winning uh, the second uh, congressional district. Uh, So it's one per district and then the overall uh, state tally. So, you know, our hope would be that we can come in here and and win in the first district and win in the second district and take all four, uh, uh, take all four of the electoral college votes. Does it help your campaign that Maine is participating in the Super Tuesday primary vote? Well, I, I think what it shows is that, you know, Mike is taking all of the Super Tuesday and beyond states very seriously, I- including Maine. Uh, you know, Maine is, as you said, it's only four electoral college votes, uh, but pretty soon we're going to have four offices uh, open here uh, in this state. Uh, we'll have uh, a staff on the ground of, I believe, uh, 17 
Um, most of those, you know, actual uh, field organizers who are out there doing voter contact at the doors and, and on the phones. Uh, and that's pretty unusual. Uh, normally, you know, Maine comes after New Hampshire and you maybe get a few ads and, uh, you know, a, a, a visit or two by a presidential candidate, and that's the extent of it. We're actually investing uh, resources on the ground here, and I think, uh, you know, you've probably seen that Mike has said uh, that not only is he investing those resources with a goal to, towards winning Maine and winning the Democratic nomination, uh, but in the event that he is not the nominee, uh, he has actually p pledged to keep that infrastructure in place uh, to, to support the eventual nominee, and, and that's absolutely unprecedented. What do, <clears throat> excuse me, what do you say to the Achilles, he Achilles heel, some people might suggest, in Mike Bloomberg's campaign, and that is his stop-and-frisk policy while he was mayor in New York City? Is that something that the campaign needs to address? Yeah, Mike has addressed the campaign has addressed it, and and Mike has uh, addressed it personally and and apologized for it. You know, I think one of the most important things uh, about leadership is uh, taking responsibility for uh, you know your own mistakes. Uh, that's certainly not something we see that the president is capable of doing. He's not even capable of admitting he's made uh, any mistakes. Right, everything has been perfect. Uh, but Mike has uh, made clear that he recognizes, in, in retrospect, uh, that that policy was not well placed. And do you expect Mike Bloomberg to do well in the upcoming debate that he apparently is going to be allowed to participate in? Well, we're excited to, to finally uh, have him be in the debates, right? The, the DNC previous rules, you had to have a certain number of grassroots donors in order to participate. You know, Mike is funding uh, his own campaign entirely uh, by himself. He's not taking uh, a dollar uh, from anyone, including any special interests or anyone else. So I think uh, the recognition that he deserves to be uh, on that debate stage is important, and we are absolutely looking forward to uh, having a discussion with the rest of the candidates. Bernie Sanders criticizes Bloomberg as a billionaire, suggesting that he is now allowed to be in the debate because billionaires are privileged and always get, you know, a, a break. That seems to me it's going to the Democratic Party, some would suggest, has gotten quite insular and there's litmus tests about, you know, how progressive certain candidates are. Are you concerned that this kind of billionaire status and um, the fact that Mike Bloomberg was a Republican in New York City when he was mayor for at least two of the terms that he served um, is going to be a weak spot for him in Maine? Well, look, uh, like I said, you've got to remember that Mike is a self-made man, right? He, th he didn't inherit this wealth. He, he came from a working class family and built this himself. He's lived the American dream, right? Um, and now is a successful businessman that has these resources. And he's putting these resources towards defeating President Trump, which is the number one goal of Democrats. So I think a, uh, you know, a, a charge from Bernie that because he's a billionaire that's somehow disqualifying is just that's that's an empty attack. He, he is out there putting his money on the line to defeat the president of the United States as the nominee or in support of the nominee. Mike Cuzzy, thanks so much for joining my show. Appreciate it, Cynthia. Thank you.